0: Today, what I want us to do is finish out the directory for private and secret worship, which um, will take a little, most of our time today probably, and then I do want to address some, some kind of practical questions about family worship. I want to fill it out a bit more. Um, we did discuss what the elements of family worship are as delineated in the directory for private worship and yet, I still got some questions. I was really happy to hear the questions I got um, from various people um, who were just encouraged or challenged or kind of saying, okay, I, I kind of see the major elements, but like, put it, put it in this world for me. What will this look like in my household? Um, and so we will discuss that a little bit today. And then I have a little thing that I use that I, I just made that I want to start using, and uh, I'll pass it to you though if you want the Word document, you can, you can have it as well. Um, okay, so having said that, let's go ahead and look at the final sections of the directory for private worship. Um, when we met together three weeks ago, actually, now, because Jason taught last week, and then the last one was uh, Christmas, and we had joint service, we didn't have it, so it was three weeks ago. When we met, um, we looked at the duties of family worship, prayer, reading the word, catechizing, singing, all that stuff, what we were considering is what the directory calls ordinary duties. These are the ordinary duties and that are uh, family worship is going to have these elements. This is normally gonna, what it's going to look like. However, the directory goes on towards the end to mention what it calls extraordinary duties extraordinary duties. Now by that, it does not mean that these are not duties in some ways. Okay. That's not how it's speaking. Um, it's not as though, you know, just like this is only for the family, the Christian families that are just like killing it. Right. The dad is slaying it in terms of family worship. He's like, you know what this, uh, I need, I need to challenge kids. Let's do the extraordinary duties. And they're like, lead on father. Right. No. Um, these are extraordinary because their occasion is extraordinary, okay? However, you may be thinking to yourself, um, okay, Pastor Ryan, let me explain something to you here. I'm barely learning family worship. Um, I'm, I'm trying to read my Bible on my own every day, first of all, and I'm also trying to put into, to practice the ordinary duties, um, you're going, this is way too much. Like, extraordinary duties, um, okay, that's fine. You know, get those down first. Um, but this is, these are goals to have, I think, and I think there are special times um, when it would be appropriate to do what they call the extraordinary duties. And I think if they're, if they're done right, at first you're going to hear what I'm going to say, and you're going to be like, uh, that's crazy. Um, but I think actually they're not, it's not all that crazy. And if the circumstances are right, it will seem actually very fitting and very natural, okay? But it goes on to explain, uh, beside the ordinary duties in families, which are above mentioned, extraordinary duties, both of humiliation and thanksgiving, are to be carefully performed in families when the Lord, by extraordinary occasions, calls for them. Now, again, note, these are on ex- upon extraordinary uh, occasions. We'll see some examples uh, of what those are later on, but these are not every day, okay? Um, in fact, you know, the, the Puritans were very careful about, about not setting any set day of fasting or, or even Thanksgiving. Um, I know I kind of like the practice that, like, at the very beginning of the year, you do a fast, Um, I don't, I think maybe they've been like, hold on, because that's just going to turn into like an annual thing. And let it be upon an occasion when there's a time to call out for the Lord, or there's a specific reason to give thanks to the Lord. Not that I think it's necessarily wrong, because I still do it, but it just shows they really wanted the, the circumstances, the occasions to guide these things. So this is not everyday stuff. Furthermore, notice also here the overlap with private family worship and secret individual worship and public worship. In secret worship, um, there are still extraordinary duties. There are times when just you yourself might be seeking the Lord with a day of fasting and not your family and not your church. In public worship, there are times when a church gets together and fasts or a church gets together and has a day of thanksgiving. And so it is really not all that much of a stretch to say that that should be the same in families as well. In fact, it talks about this in chapter 22, paragraph 5, towards the end. Um, It's talking about, uh, I believe, uh, church, uh, public, what we call public fasts. But it says, Moreover, solemn humiliation with fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions Ought to be used in an holy and religious manner. Okay, so it shouldn't surprise us that this shoot this too should come in the family. You know, we've looked basically most of the elements are going to be at least the major ones are going to be in public, secret, and private family worship. The word of God, singing, um, prayer, right? And so, if 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 all fasting is and seeking the Lord is just kind of like more intensive prayer. It shouldn't surprise us then that it that it also occurs in families as well. Okay. Now let's consider the first extraordinary duty of a time set aside for humiliation and even fasting for the family, because I think that is probably the most of what people will maybe have objections to, or or have a lot of questions about. No one, everyone's cool with the day of Thanksgiving, right? You get to praise God for what he gave you, sing songs, and eat a lot of food, right? No one's going to be like, well, well, let's not get carried away here, Pastor, okay? Um, But um, with fasting for a family, I I imagine um, there will be some objections to that. First, I imagine some of you are wondering, perhaps even rejecting the idea of a time of family fasting, if by that is meant that little children will go without food for a long time. Um, I agree with you. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, You know, I marvel at how much both my boys cry full-on crocodile tears throughout the day. Like, Carlos is, like, waking up from a nap, and we have to go in there. And it's not just like, I'm doing this because you should get me now. It's like tears. And it's like, really? Like, this was so traumatic to you, and it happens every single day, right? Right? And so to imagine, like, we're going we're to deny a meal to that one is like, okay, let's, let's calm down, Pastor. Um, I, I agree with you, if that's what you're wondering. To be clear, I'm not advocating that you don't give your little ones food on fast days. Um, the Puritans, even as hardcore as they were in comparison with us, would not have done that either. In fact, they recognize that some people, for various reasons, whether it be health, age, Uh, circumstances like nursing mothers, they, they cannot fast from food, right? William Perkins deals with this specific question in his Cases of Conscience. He says, "...whether or not in a day of solemn fast a man may eat anything or no, and if he may eat, what and how often?" Okay? So can someone eat on a day that's a fast day? He says, "...we may eat, and that if need require, once or twice." Howbeit, we must here take with us these two caveats. First, concerning the quantity, it must be less than ordinary, and only that which is necessary to preserve nature, and no more. For if it be otherwise, we abolish our fast. Secondly, the quality of what we eat, it must not be dainty and pleasant, but the meanest, and such as hath the least delightsomeness, his word, not mine, and delicacy. Um, the word that, that the image when I, when I read that is gruel. You're just like, oh, this is horrible, right? Um, this is what Anika and I do. We've had times when we fasted, and she can't not fast. She doesn't eat gruel. Okay, I'm not saying she eats gruel. Um, but she can't because she's, she's nursing, right? Um, or I know... Um, Julius Santiago, he has quite a few health things, and they're all related to what he eats. He, he has to be very, very strict and disciplined about what he eats, um, and there's been times when I said, hey, you don't want to fast with me, and, and he'll say, I, I can't, that'll, that'll throw me off. They can still keep a fast, however, but just in a different way, right, it, and as he says, with regard to quantity and quality. I think when we consider fasting, we want to keep uh, Keep in mind the words of Christ in Mark 2, 27. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. We might similarly say fasting was made for man, but not man for fasting. Okay? Um, If someone has to eat for various reasons, God's not like, well, you're you're just going to die. I'm sorry. It's like, no, um, Sabbath, fasting was made for man and not the other way around. And so if you can't abstain for certain reasons, you can still participate in a family fast, and so also can children, even if they're still eating. Um, I would encourage you, um, as Perkins says, make it just the most simple kind of meal. Um, and maybe with your children, the younger they are, I think just let them eat normally what they're going to eat. Um, but maybe be like, hey, we're, you're not going to have a lollipop today. okay?" Like something minor, and you're just trying to teach them Although, when they're really young, if they can't even totally understand what's going on, just, just let them eat and do their normal thing, okay? Um, I know for myself, this might, sound, this might sound silly to you, but in my own heart, this is, this is just what I do. If I'm fasting, uh, I drink normal water, but I don't drink sparkling waters, okay? Because for me, I could drink sparkling waters like, like a chain smoker smokes cigarettes, And it's like just as good. You know, they're like, ah, first cigarette of the day. That's me with my sparkling water, man. I'm just like, ah. And I thought about that after reading Perkins here and I was like, you know what? I don't don't need a sparkling water for nature to preserve nature and it's me just enjoying something. And I was like, you know what? For this time, I'll... And you might go, okay, pastor, that's ridiculous. In my own conscience, that's just my heart. You may have something similar, okay? Now, now, Getting more to children. Perkins continues with another question, which gets at the issue from a different angle. He says, Whether all persons are bound to keep the form prescribed in the day of a solemn fast? So, does everyone have to fast in the same form on a fast day? He already uh, answered that, but he expounds it a little bit more. All that are able and can abstain are bound to do so. Yet, because God's worship stands not in eating, Or not eating, some persons are here exempted. All those that are weak, as children, aged persons, and those that are sickly. Secondly, they that by reason of the constitution of their bodies do find themselves unfit to pray and hear the word cheerfully when their stomachs are empty. So some people have, you know, illnesses, they can't do it. Um, And for them, they're not, it's so bad, they can't even focus on the heart of a fast, which is hearing the word and praying, right? And so all you're really doing is taking food away from them, and you're not doing what is actually the weightier part of fasting, which is seeking the Lord in prayer. So then in the family, I would say little children are exempt. It's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Although there may be appropriate ways, the older they get, for them to join in the fast as well. Um, you know, Carlos is a sugar fiend, um, like his mother. It may be that during a fast, a family, if there's a day of family fasting upon a special occasion, you know, he eats his normal breakfast that he would normally have, normally like eggs or something. Um, but as I said, you know, okay, buddy, we're not going to have this or that today. I know you might want to and try to explain, well, this is a day of, of family fasting, right? But again, I would I would just use a lot of caution and I would say the younger they are, the more just keep, keep it normal for them, okay? As far as when a person was generally considered of age to be able to fast, normally, it seems most likely that it was considered during their early teen years. In fact, I think the light of nature may be helpful here, and it appears from what I, from what I researched that most religions that employ fasting, and I would say just about every Religion out there has some form of fasting in one way or another. Typically, they don't have children fast until 12 to 14, so the age of like just about puberty. Um, that's the case with Judaism. And remember, with Judaism, that was like an actual thing because as we've seen with the Day of Atonement, that was a day for all of Israel to fast. Obviously, they understood my little one can't fast, but they had to ask the legitimate question, well, when, when does someone fast, right, in order to keep the national day of fasting? Well, typically, they would see that as those early teen years because, you know, in our, <laughs> in our, our, our age, um, man, people are like my age, like 35, and they're like, I'm adulting, bro, okay? Um, they have that prolonged adolescence. And back then really the transition from childhood to adulthood was puberty, right? You were not like a full-blown man at 12 or something, but it was seen as like, you're a young man now. You need to start acting like a man. You're a young woman now. You need to start acting like a woman. And typically, they would say around that time is when a person should start fasting. Um, That's the case um, with Muslims. Around the time of Ramadan, they do a lot of fasting. Um, It seems that 12 to 13... Before that, they don't require them to fast. In the U.S., uh, the Roman Catholic Church in America does not require anyone under 18 to entirely fast from food, but on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and the Fridays of the season of Lent, everyone age 14 and up is required to abstain from eating meat. So even there, you kind of see 12, 13, 14, that kind of period. A lot of people see that as like, you can, you can fast by now. You're, you're not going to die okay? You're a young teenager. You will not die if you skip two meals or a meal, I promise, and this is uh, a, way, a way to learn here, okay? Um, <clears throat> obviously, I would say it depends on your child. Children are all different. They develop um, at, at different speeds, physically, mentally. There's all kinds of things to consider, um, but I, I think if you are going to teach your child to fast, this is probably the best way to do it. Because if you've ever tried to go to the ch- like you're like, hey, I'm going to start this New Year's resolution all by myself. Are you more likely to do that by yourself or if other people are doing it with you? I'd say if there's a team, you're like, hey, let's keep each other accountable. I think it's a great way to introduce fasting to your children as just a natural part of, of worship that they should be doing. And you're doing it together and you start off real small, and they, they won't die. They'll, they'll survive, okay? Now, to demonstrate this, I want to share a few historical accounts of family fast to show what they look like historically, because they're probably not as hardcore as you would think, um, but also to show you that this is part of, of our heritage. Um, two of them come from Thomas Boston. If you know Thomas Boston, he was a Scottish minister, a very famous pastor during what's called the Marrow Controversy, Um, In an account in his memoirs, he says, on a Monday, some time was spent with Mr. Mayor's family in prayer with fasting and being desired by them, I stayed and joined with with him in that exercise. So there was this man, Mr. Mayor. we don't know who he was. He was having a day of family fasting and prayer and he asked Thomas to come probably as his minister, which was not uncommon, right? He says, the family being gathered, he began the work, showing the causes of it. So he gathers everyone together. He says why they are going to fast for this day, why they're going to seek the Lord together, um, and, and why they're doing it. He says, these are the causes. First, the afflicting hand of God on his family, particularly a child of his at Edinburgh. Now, that language of the afflicting hand of God probably refers to a sickness or an illness. So whoever this Mr. Mayor was, he probably had a a child maybe in college or something like that, university in Edinburgh, and he was really, really sick, and the family found out, okay? He continues, to prepare for a congregational fast at Karnak. So again, you're training your children so that, Lord willing, when, when God brings them to faith one day, they're not entire, for, fasting is not an entirely foreign thing to them, right? Three, to pray God in behalf of his parish, to pray for the local church. He says, these prayers continued long, but we ended about half an hour after 12 o'clock, after which, retiring to our several apartments, we dined about two, having had no breakfast. So that's, that's all it was. They skipped breakfast, and they kind of had a late lunch. It's not really hardcore. Um, okay, for a little kid, yeah, that, that, that would... You'd see some crocodile, like... It'd be like World War. It'd be insanity, right? But for a young teen, um, you know, Dominic, get tough, all right? Just deal with it. You do all kinds of... Kids can do all kinds of things other ways. They, I'm sure a young, a young adult... Um, could could skip breakfast and spend time in praying, right? <clears throat> but Boston says this: this was the first example of a family fast I had ever seen. Neither I, do I remember to have been witness to another besides my own family. So it seems that even during this own, t- that during this time, perhaps it was even somewhat of a rare practice. This is after the 1600s; it's early 1700s, and maybe it was it was falling con- kind of out of practice. Um, just curious, who here has ever heard of a family fast before this? Okay, Jason, all right. He was like, come on, Father, you can do it. Um, but yeah, we can see that perhaps even by this time, it, it was not as, as common, and yet this is, remember, we're reading from the Directory for Private and Secret Worship, which was given at that time by the Westminster Assembly, like, for everyone, right? So... But he says, uh, "This was the first example of a family fast I had ever seen. Neither do I remember to have been witness to another besides my own family, but I bless God that I saw it, which was the happy occasion of bringing in that part of family devotion into my own family afterwards at times." So it was, it was the first time he saw it, but he enjoyed it so much, and he saw it was such a blessing. he decided, "Hey, He talked to his wife and his kids. This is something we're going to do, right? And he says after that, they practiced it in in his own home. I'll share one more entry of Boston's uh, just because it gives you the flavor of the kinds of occasions that led to a day of family humiliation and fasting. Again, remember, these are special occasions when something's really heavy. He says, the 21st of March, this day we spent some time in family humiliation and prayer on the account of the death of our youngest child, Catherine, who departed this life on the 12th of this month, as well as the hand of the Lord still on Thomas and Allison, his other children, by the whooping cough, also for the state of the public, and as to myself, for my study of the Hebrew accentuation. So learning the Hebrew uh, accents and and all that stuff. Notice how much this is here. The death of a child, the sicknesses of two children, that, I mean, obviously the death of a child is massive, right? The sicknesses of other two children, they still have a lingering sickness, okay, that's pretty, bu- pretty big. But then it kind of gets more general. The state of the public, society in general was really bad. And then even kind of like small, my own study of the Hebrew language. While that might seem kind of like uh, a whole hodgepodge of all kinds of different things, I would say that something, for me at least, something that constitutes an extraordinary occasion is when I just, my heart is overwhelmed by a ton of little things. Um, and, and often that's, for me, is when I kind of go, I'm just going to take a day and just maybe skip a meal and pray. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, like the death of a child. Okay, that's massive, right? But it can be all those other things. They, at a certain point, there's just kind of like, my heart is overwhelmed. I'm just going to seek the Lord and and that's what he did here as well. Well, that is the extraordinary duty of a day of family humiliation and fasting. Um, as far as the extraordinary duty of Thanksgiving, I have talked about this before, so I won't go to it into too much detail. But suffice to say, if a time of fasting is an afflicting of oneself and humbling of oneself before God, a time of family Thanksgiving is a time not of afflicting but of rejoicing, and not of abstaining from food and drink, but of enjoying them, right? Nevertheless, as with fasting, the main exercise is not about the eating or the not eating, but really prayer and giving thanks in prayer for God's blessings, okay? This too would be upon special occasions. Um, If God has answered a prayer of yours that you've been praying for for a long time, that might be a great chance, and it's a great chance to teach your children. Take them by the hand and say, kids, tomorrow's gonna be a family day of Thanksgiving Because God has done this blessing for us, right? The purpose is not celebrating per se, but thanking God, okay? Well, uh, before we move on, does anyone have any questions about that? Who's ready to try it? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Well, typically on these days too, they were treated like a Sabbath day. So just like how, okay, I can drink water, but I'm not going to drink a sparkling water because that's something to me, that's like the opposite of abstaining, right? I would say typically things that they normally do for enjoyment, games, um, other things like that, phone, um, just abstain from that stuff. Uh, because there are other ways you can do it, and if they're able to go a little bit longer, right? Because they're already used to it, and they skip one more meal than they might normally, I think that might be one way to do it as well. Again, I'm not like saying like Dominic, you got three days, bro, no food, right? We know we don't want you to lose your gains, um, but yeah, I think there's little ways you can you can do it as well. Because um, even those that are abstaining um, uh, abstaining who who are eating food, are still doing those other things to keep a fast, right? So, yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. I typically just, the little ones, I mean, if they're still in diapers, even a little bit after that, just, I would bring them into the time of prayer, right? It may be a time when maybe a little bit like the Lord's Day, like, so Carlos's big thing, um, because sometimes he'll wake up at like 6.30 in the morning, and I'm like still asleep, and I'm like, we're going to watch monster trucks, okay? And I was like, right? Um, well, so sometimes he's like, he wakes up, and he's like, can we watch monster trucks? Well, maybe on a day like that, as he gets a little bit older, I, I don't even know if I, I don't think I would do that now, but as he gets older, you know what, buddy? We're not going to watch that today, okay? Today's a day of family fasting, little things like that. Obviously, um, Yeah. So you just do it and you do it small. If you're going to do this for the first time, just skip breakfast, eat lunch, right? Do it really small. I think you would do a lot more. You would teach your kids a lot more if you just did small days of family fasting than trying to accomplish these massive things, but they were just a regular part of life, right? If you just skipped one meal rather than being like, kids, we're going to do a two-day fast, right? You've, you're gonna. Your kids are gonna hate it, right? Start small and 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 just see the blessing of it. Okay. Well, with the time we have left, uh, I do, as I said earlier, want to go over um, just one more time the basics of a super super just plain outline of what family worship will look like. We've talked about the elements before, according to the directory, but the directory nowhere kind of gives you a step-by-step outline of what that looks like. Um, What I'm going to do, you may do this slightly different. Um, I'm going to share with you now, at least for now, how we do family worship in our house. And I have something... uh, Dominic, can you pass this out? I would say one per household, and it should be enough. This is a little prayer guide thing, and I'm sure you can understand it, but when we get there, I'll explain it. But I just keep this folded in half um, in the back of the hymnal, our, our hymnal at home. All right. All right, well, what does family worship look like in the Hudson home. Again, you may do it slightly different. I'm not saying you have to do it this way, um, but maybe there's some other things you could learn. I'm sure I could learn things from you, but if you're trying to really do this, you've never fully done it before, this is what it looks like in our home. Um, first of all, let me just preface that say it's going de- it's it's to uh, vary a lot depending on the ages of your children, okay? Um, I imagine as Carlos gets older, it will probably be much longer, not like a lot longer, but a longer time that we sit down to have family worship. Right now, it's just like, it's a battle to keep his attention, okay? So it's, it's much more slimmed down. I'm not even like, I'm just happy that he's getting in the practice. If he gets like a drop and it goes into his brain, I'm happy with that. Mission accomplished. I'm not so much worried that he can explain justification to me now. He's getting in the practice. He's learning little things about Jesus, okay? Um, that's good. So just have smaller goals if depending on their age, right? For us, we do it after dinner. Um, by that time, I'm hopefully done with work. Um, you know, Annika's been making dinner. We can have a meal right after up to that time. You might be hungry to do it before that. You know, your stomach might be growling for the little one. So we do it after dinner um, and sometime in between dinner and bed, Um, though a lot of times it tends to be a little bit closer to bed. About five to 10 minutes before we're going to do it, I announce it to the whole family. Um, Obviously, that's helpful for Annika because she might be doing something, but it's really, really intended for Carlos because... It's, it's really hard for him to make the transition from playing to immediately going to sit down. Maybe you do that with your kids. Okay, guys, 10 minutes, we're going to go to bed. Why do you do that? Because if you just grab them from playing and put them in bed, they're going to be crying. So you, you're giving them a little bit of mental breathing room to process it. Um, and, and I think that's good. And it kind of softens the blow. And I mean, even with others, too, I think even with adults, like, it's not like, I'm not saying Anika, I'm not putting Anika in the same category mentally and emotionally as Carlos, right? But even then, like she's doing things, she might be in the middle of a task, okay? But it lets her know, okay, let me, let me just wrap this up, right? I think that's a, that's a good thing to do. Um, okay, yeah. And, and the larger your family, the more of a, of a heads up you might want to give them as well, Okay. The time is up. We call everyone to sit on the couch. We try to sit together. Um, Carlos has to sit down. Generally, my requirement for him is that he sits up. Okay, if he's sitting up, mission accomplished. Um, It's a battle with the attention. We just want him to to sit up. Um, He says sometimes, don't be discouraged. He'll say, I don't want to do family worship, right? He'll, He'll say that. You go, I know, but you know what? God is our creator, and it's, it's, it's our duty to worship him because he's a good creator. You just try to explain those little things, and typically it's just a little throwaway complaint. Like, he's not going to throw a fit. He's just kind of like, ah, and you're like, I know, and then he'll go and, and he'll be happy, right? Before that, though, I have gathered uh, my Bible, my Psalter hymnal, a little children's book for Carlos, and typically sometimes I'll let him pick which one. There's like a a group of nine or ten. I say, you can pick which one. And it just kind of gives him a little bit more excitement, a little bit more buy-in to the whole thing, right? Um, And I have typically, we'll get into this later, tried to find a passage uh, of Scripture to read to Carlos because I have to, if I, I've done it where I'm sitting there and it's taken me like two minutes and I'm like, I'm losing all the attention I just had. So I try to do that beforehand, okay? But that's getting ahead, ahead of myself. So we gather everyone together. Typically, just think of a worship service. This is a call to worship. Say, okay, let's pray, and we're going to ask God to help us worship him, okay? And there's always reminders to Carlos, hold your hands and close your eyes. Um, And it's okay, I think, to even keep your eyes open sometimes, parents, to see if they're closing their eyes. I think that's okay. It's not cheating. Um, And I just do something really simple. God, help us to worship you now and to learn about Jesus. Very simple, okay? Obviously, the older they get, the more you can do. Next, we sing a psalm or a hymn. I try to go back and forth between psalms and hymns. And what we'll do is we'll sing one, and we try to sing it for a whole week so that Carlos learns the melodies. That's almost, at his age, kind of the more important part of what I want him to learn because if you learn the melody later on, you'll get the words, right? <clears throat> but we'll, we'll choose one, and we'll stick with it just for a whole week. Typically, the first couple days of family worship of that week, we repeat because he's so young. We repeat, we just do the first verse multiple times. Okay, then maybe on Wednesday or so, we do the first and the second, and then maybe at the very like Saturday night, we're doing is three verses or something like that. And you'd be surprised. Uh, he gets the melody, Kids will at least some some kids. He'll he'll get the melody down pretty quickly, and even like. <laughs> the general sound of some of the words, right? He doesn't know what he's saying, but you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what that syllable sounds like, right? Um, again, you're, you're, not, you're not worrying about the kids memorizing all the words in one day. <clears throat> if I were to say, how did you learn English? Do you remember learning English? No, you just learned it bit by bit, day after day. So it's going to be with a lot of this stuff. Um, don't don't worry. I don't know if they're just getting a little bit. That's fine. Do that every day, day in and day out, okay? So we sing our song. Then I take my Bible and I read a very short, um, almost always something with a historical narrative, a story, um, and something that's going to grab Carlos's attention, right? Um, This is the hardest part for him, it's going to be really hard for kids in our age because everything for kids' entertainment is visual now, right? Even little books, they're, and that's fine. I'm not against that. Um, we'll, I'll show you in a second. I use one for Carlos too. But I like to do something where he's just hearing because that's training him. Hopefully one day you're just going to come and sit and hear. And pastor's not going to have, there's not going to be a skit on stage. There's not going to be a screen with all this stuff. You just need to hear um, so I try to do something that's engaging, um, something that, you know, will get his attention. And, and it's, it's funny. I shared, Jeremy, you'll love this. Uh, <clears throat> so we explained to Carlos that there are, uh, Jesus had disciples, and those are like students. And he was their teacher, right? And he said, and, and one of the main ones, his name was Peter. I said, but Peter denied Jesus. He said he didn't know him. And, and Carlos said, yeah, and I took his toy at church. And I was like, no, Peter Norris did not deny Jesus that we know of, Carlos. This is a different Peter, right? Um, but anyway, do something engaging. The older they get, then I would say do larger chunks. The goal, I would say, is to really get into what's called Lectio Continua. At least, you know, reading through a whole book of Scripture maybe a chapter a day. That's really where you want to get, but that's going to be when they get older. Early on, I would say stick to narrative and and stick to stories that are going to engage. Okay? Um, Okay. Now, I do have a little kid's book for Carlos, um, and uh, he'll pick that. There's a ton of good stuff on Reformation heritage uh, that has lots of stuff. I wish there was more. Like, it can't be that hard to write these things, right? They're just like, anyway. Um, But there's a lot of good stuff. Remember, too, this is something Anik and I remember, because I was like, I want to get them some more books. But kids love repetition. Um, Did you know that certain kid shows, they play the same episode on the same day, uh, or maybe even throughout the same week, and kids love it the same, Kids are okay with that. For us, we're like, I've seen this thing. Kids watch it again and they process and they laugh at all the jokes again. So it's okay for when they're younger. If you just have a group of 10 books and man, you just, each one of those is one, like you switch it out. Kids will typically be okay. Um, Get more stuff as you go, but um, yeah. So we do that. Um, I try to help him. Uh, Sometimes I slim the books down. Some of them are not as... Not as good as others, um, but yeah, we can do that as well. All right. Let's see here. Oh, let me say this. What I've noticed with Carlos, I think the hardest part for him is the reading of Scripture when there's no visual. I have found, at least for him, that is the absolute hardest part of of, um, family worship for partly the obvious reasons of, of it's not visual, he's listening, right? Um, I do think, though, there's a little bit of a spiritual pushback. Um, I, I think there's a little bit even of fleshliness against the word, even at that age, and I'll tell you why. Carlos has no problem listening to other stories without visual aids. Um, I tell him every night a story about my old dogs that are long gone and dead, and I told him they're dead, and he'll go, Chief and decoy died a long time ago. And they go, yeah, they died a long time ago, huh? He says it randomly. So he's fine. He can be totally dialed in and listen to stuff. But when I t- read stories from the Bible, even if they're really engaging, man, it's, it's just like pulling teeth. And I, I think there's a little bit of a spiritual element to that um, where they and their flesh just don't don't want to do that. And so just be patient. That, for me, I find is the most, a little bit of the frustrating, um, but but often... Uh, but also because I think in the end it will be the most rewarding, okay? Um, with older kids, you can also do other stuff besides, you know, just reading Scripture. You can read, you know, they don't have to read little kid books, but Pilgrim's Progress. Um, the older they get, depending on, you know, you're going to have to know where they're at. You could even do to more more abstract stuff. You could, you know, read some famous Christian literature, I don't know, right? But there's, there's freedom to do stuff like that in family worship as well. Next, we have a time of catechism. And I typically have about four to five questions that Carlos is learning, and then we move on to the next four to five. When I started, I wanted to see how far I could get Carlos to memorize the whole thing, right? What happened, though, is every day he'd have to get through like 25 questions just to get to the new ones he's learning. And by that time, he's really bored because he's done the same thing every single day. Um, And I was like, well, he's going to forget the other ones. Don't worry about that. (laughs) That's not how we learn things anyway. When you have a a math test in high school, you don't have an addition section. You don't go through every single thing you learn, right? It's just kind of in there somewhere. Um, I just try to stick to four or five. The cool thing is if you have younger kids, the older kids will hear that earlier stuff again and it will get reinforced. And you can also do um, uh, just kind of like review days. We'll do that sometimes with Carlos, kind of make sure he's not forgetting any of that. But typically we stick with four to five and then we move on, okay? Um, Depending on the age of the child, you can push them more. Um, you can make it fun. We try to do every trick in the book to get Carlos catechized, and we laugh because he doesn't even know he's being catechized. Um, lately, this is—we totally do this. Um, it started because he would learn a new question, and to learn to, so he can hear by repetition the new question, I would say it to everyone in the house. Okay, mommy, did Adam keep the covenant of works? No, he sinned. Okay, poppy, and I'd say it to myself, and then we started going okay, Santi, did Adam keep the covenant of works just because Carlos thinks that funny? That's funny. But then Carlos went, no, he sinned. And so we're like, so we go, okay, Carlos, let's ask Santi his catechism questions. And he's like, okay, he thinks it's funny. And he says all the answers in his little Santi voice, right? We're like, kid doesn't even know he's being catechized. Look at that, right? But you can do things like that, um, make it interesting um <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh let's see. Moving on we we have a time of prayer. Um at this time it's much more Carlos focused uh because we're just trying to teach him the basics of it as he gets older it will actually be more of a time of family prayer. Um I think I'd have to think about through that if we had older siblings but because it can't just be about the youngest one but um, at least now we, we try to do that because his attention span is so small. Typically, we have something that he's thankful for. If he did have a bad day, we do have a time of confession where he confesses it to God. And then a time of supplication. And we, just, we don't use that language. We just simp- typically say, what is something you can be thankful for? What's something to thank God for that he gave you today or that he did for you? Um, with this, this is much more abstract. So we kind of have to really help him because otherwise it would just be like toys. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. God gave you good toys. Hey, God helped you to not be as sick today, right? Okay. Let's thank God. Um, and then what is something you can ask God for? And we really try to do practical things to get him to thinking about, okay, let's pray that God would help you you know, because you're being potty trained to learn to go in the potty, okay? We can ask God to help you, okay? Um, so you, you want to bring in real life for them. Uh, and then lastly, what we do, and this is where <clears throat> um, this comes into play. As I said, the directory for family worship says there's a lot of things we are to be praying about. Um, and yet, you know, I find if I'm not intentional about it, I'm just not going to be praying about those other things, all right? So this is a little thing I created. It's folded. It goes in the back of my hymnal. I asked Carlos, okay, what day is it? So today when we go home, what day is it? Okay, Sovereign Joy. We're going to pray for our own church today, okay? So we can pray for the deacons, maybe pray for me as pastor, pray that God would bless our church, things like that. Then the next day, Monday, okay, what is it? A Tarby Church. Well, I have next here all the different churches and at least uh, their elders' names, And so that's why you can print out more in one of these. So if you go through and you just check, because it's going to take you however many churches there are, that's going to take you however many weeks to go through this, if you just do it once a week, right? Uh, And then I also put IRBS down there. Um, Tuesday, president, government, other leaders. Wednesday, our missionaries, the choose. Thursday, family members. Friday, any unbelievers in our lives. And Saturday, though we typically pray for this anyway, is specifically focused on our children's salvation. Um, And really, the the purpose of this is so that family worship is not just insular. Uh, It's not just, let's just think about ourselves, but let's think about others. Um, And if you just do this, you're kind of creating that that habit as they go. Uh, Lastly, um, we sing the doxology, and this is Carlos's job. He gets to lead it, um, which he's very happy about. And so you say, okay, yours like, and I would encourage you, do, make something their thing that they do, that they can lead or something, guide, um, and he loves it. It's their own contribution. He starts singing, and then we all sing, and then that's it, and we're done. That's what it looks like now. It's going to vary as they get older, um, <clears throat> but that's kind of what it looks like now. If you want, if you really, if someone was interested, I could probably put that in like even a, a lined kind of format. Um, but really the, the important element is the important part is not so much the exact procedure because it's going to look different in each house a little bit. The important uh, part is what are the elements that we have, right? Singing, prayer, the word of God, catechizing, things like that. Okay. Any questions? Any questions before we wrap up? Okay. All right. You guys are dismissed.